Blog Talk Radio. All you ever hear about in this country is our differences. That's all the media and the politicians are ever talking about, the things that separate us, things that make us different from one another. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Fairly simple thing happens to work. Do you know anything different? That's what they're going to talk about. Race, religion, ethnic and national background, jobs, income, education, social status, sexuality, anything you can do, keep us fighting with each other so that they can keep going to the bank. You know how I describe the economic and social classes in this country? The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there just to scare the shit out of the middle class. Keep them showing up at those jobs. They're all the same. I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. A handful, very small elite running on these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I have this feeling who's ever elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what your promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, 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 when you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialists, capitalist scumfucks who got you in there, and you're in this smoky room in this little... Uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down and a big guy in a cigar rolled a film and it's a shot of the Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before that <laughs> looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll and then the film the screen goes up and the lights come up and they go to the new president any questions? Uh, just what my agenda is No weapons of mass destruction were found. Are you kidding me? Do you buy that? There Not were, there were, there were. Nin, 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 nin. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. Come on, let us shoot. Blair. Hey, uh, I need to get the rat, the brass to drop rats. I got a wounded girl. We need to take the rest of mine. Oh, it's their fault for bringing their kids to a battle. That's right. The main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't, but he had the capacity to make weapons of mass destruction. But I also talked about the human suffering in Iraq. Hello, boys and girls. I have a special message for you from the President of the United States. I salute the boys and girls who are buying United States savings stamps and bonds, and they're giving important support to the cause of freedom and the men who fight for us in Vietnam. Congress gave us this authority in August 1964 to do whatever may be necessary. That's pretty far-reaching. That's the sky's the limit. 
as an American citizen, you have to respect our president, whether I like it or not. It's really my, not my decision, but I do respect my president, and I will support whatever decision he makes. Music played and people sang Just for me, the church bells rang It is a hard fact that U.S. strikes have resulted in civilian casualties. Now he's gone, I don't know why Until this day sometimes I cry He didn't even say goodbye, he didn't take the time to lie The United States knows that Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. One of the first things they told me was, you're not even to acknowledge the drone program. You're not even to discuss that it exists. Renewed hostile actions against United States ships on the high seas in the Gulf of Tonkin have today required me to order the military forces of the United States to take action in reply. That reply is crashing through the lies and disinformation. All right, Joseph Gibson here, podcasting here. Oh, I understand the Times restoring our republic. Uh, some issues there that uh, probably uh, just I wanted to talk about and then follow up with. And you know, this uh, American Statesman show was a pretty good show. Uh, we just uh, ran out of time, and too many people. You know, we got a lot to say, and you know, many people have so much to say, and and uh, you know, and you just can't get the you know everybody fit you know in there, and I you know, and then everybody talking over each other, and it's it's real frustrating, actually, you know, so because you know we're talking about very important you know issues, emotional issues, we're talking about the well-being of our country, and uh, you know, and and I know a lot of people, you know, they they don't like you know the things that I have to say. You know, many people don't support me because of that, and but a lot of people do support me, and you know, and this is the problem we have, and we have because we have this divide in this country, um, amongst everybody. You know, uh, everybody in there. You know, look, I tune into everybody and listen to what everybody has to say, regardless uh, whether or not I support it or not, because we all are in this together, no matter what. And whether, you know, we could fight, we can get along, we could do whatever. And, you know, it's, it's just, I pr- prefer getting along and trying to work out these problems. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes down to it, you know, I, people really don't know me or, I, you know, or we just know each other through this, this podcast show. I'm one of the real ones. I am going to fight. And I've been, you know, I'm going to stand up for the real issues. And I've been doing this a long time. I know how evil and corrupt the system is. And what we're standing up against, and many people, they have, they, it's like they know, it's like when I listen to these people call in, they say the right thing, but they're not getting the whole thing. They just don't say the whole picture. They just don't get it, and it's frustrating, you know, because they think they know, but they don't, you know, and 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 it's just like, but I'm sure if one of these puppets, uh, these superstars, or like Donald Trump tells them, then they know it's true. Then oh, oh yeah, then it's true. You know, but but one of their fellow slaves who's been through the system, who's been through the ringer, who survived two murder attempts on my life, near death actually, he almost died twice. Uh, I know, you know, I I've been I've been I've been to Colombia, been to Venezuela, you know, uh, I I've, I've 
you know, I've seen the, the drugs shipped into this country. I, I infiltrated the, the largest gang in the Northeast. Uh, you know, I've gotten death threats. I just, I was getting out of my car one day in 2005, and three guys tried to kill me, stabbed me right in the chest. So, you know, I've had the the you know, so I've been through there. I've seen it. I've, you know, I've had the training. I've I've had the lectures. I've been sat in the seminars. I've sat in, the, you know, I've seen this stuff. So, you know, and and you know, it's just it's just I just don't understand why people want to argue with each other and disagree with each other because we're all in this together. And, and I think the most important thing that we have to, I know we're all fighting individual battles, some of us worse than others, and some of us are desperate, and some of us are in bad situations. Um, and, and some people, and there's some tragedies out there, it's a tragic story. When I heard the story that uh, Nathan was talking about, you know, when he sent me the email, I was looking at the video real quick, you know, that's a sad story, and I just can't believe that that if he has this guy has contacts with people in the alternative media, how his story has not spread like wildfire around the country, and and people have not come to his aid, and he he can't he can't get to his home, he's being blocked off, or he'll be arrested. I mean, and this guy's a veteran too, and or or and he's a patriot. I mean, what's going on here? What's going on? And we live in the information age, and we live where we can text down and text and uh, internet this and instant message this, and, you know, everybody can see what you're doing. And, you know, it's me, me, me world, and, and we can't and we, we can't get there. Nobody can, nobody can rally around someone like this who's lost his son, or his wife just died, and, and, and he's sick, and he's home, and, and, he's, and he's standing, and he's facing tyranny, you know? I mean... And then I look back at you know look at look at my situation you know I like I said almost died twice you know they tried to kill me Calvary wasn't trying to save me you know I mean I did have a good number of people supporting me at the time but you know but but yeah so I could see how our stories get lost victims we become victims of the system you know and that's and I think that is another one of the major sicknesses in this country why things don't get fixed. Because we don't help each other out, we don't come to the aid of each other and stand by each other. Well, some people do; they'll help each other out a little bit here and there. But eventually, you become a burden, similar, or, or you know, and, and people uh, walk away, you know, or they they don't follow through. I've seen that so many times. You know, how many true friends do you really have out there in in the world that are going to back you up to death? Who are going to set? Who are going to do like the founders? They're going to, you know, pledge their, their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honors, everything. They have family farms, everything to fight for your freedom. How many people are really going to do that out there today? No, they'll do it for the government. They'll do it for a job, prestige, ooh, a TV camera. They'll do it for that or a paycheck. Ooh, the almighty dollar. Sure, Federal Reserve knows. So we'll sell our soul for those. You know, we'll do anything for that, you know, but, but. You know, how many people are just going to sacrifice, you know, for, with knowing that they're not going to get anything in return? You know, they're not going to get anything back. How many people are going to do that? I'll tell you what, I'm one of those people. I, I'll t- I will spend my time, all, all my time trying to help somebody out and do everything I can, even right down to my last dollar, to help somebody out. I've done it. <laughs> okay, so some people, so, and I, and, and people have vouched for me before, so, you know, this isn't about, uh, this isn't about putting our, puffing our chest out, see who can sacrifice more or who can do what, but examples of, 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 uh, of you know, uh, courageous 
noble, moral people out there who are true friends that are willing to stand up and put their neck on the, out on the line for somebody else and spend hours, you know, on a computer researching or looking things up or or on the phone or, or calling people and and finding out what the hell's going on and getting results or trying to get results. That's what we need. And, you know, we did the voting thing a few weeks ago. How many people actually follow through with the voting integrity thing? I know I pounded it out there. I even call, I did what I said I was going to do. I did a podcast show early in the day. I called the people live on my podcast show, tried to get answers. I did what I said I was going to do. You know, how many others were there? How many others did it too? You know, again, maybe a lot of you did. Great. That's good. Do it again. You know, don't stop. Your mission, the mission, the war is not over. You know, we got a long way to go, long way to go, a lot more work to do. And I know there's people out there who do a lot of, a lot of things to helping out their friends and family or they got family members that are sick and they're exhausted and tired. Hey, you got to dig deep, you know. Yeah, there's much more to do. There's lots of, you know, right now we're in a good position to fight. We have our electricity. We've got food in the grocery stores. We're still able to go out there and make money. You know, we're in a good position right now. You know, we could be like Ukraine, you know, no power, no running water. You know, half our family members are dead. You know, uh, you know, we, we got troops knocking on our door. You, you want to see that in America? Is that what you want to see happen? You want to see the destruction of America like that, and then we end up like a third world country? We already have our cities out of control. Is that what you want? You just keep doing what you're doing then. Just keep acting how you're acting. Just keep arguing with your fellow patriots. Just keep not getting no results, and just keep doing what you're doing, and that's what's going to happen. Okay, so real quick here before I uh, start with the plan here, uh, just, I, mean, I did. I forgot. I wanted to put this out there too. These, these, I'm running for public office here in North Carolina. And, um, ten things, ten points that I'm going to be standing for. I, I got to get this out. So um, I'm going to be going over them a lot in the future. But I'm just going to read them off real quick. You know, number one, medical freedom. Um, I believe that uh, government and the private sector have no authority to make medical decisions for North Carolina citizens and our children. I believe an individual, uh, individual body, autonomy, is a fundamental and unalienable right endowed by us, to us, by our creator, by the creator, excuse me. Number two, parents' rights. We believe that parents have the right to determine the curriculum and the cultural and moral values taught to their children in school, and parents alone should provide the final and unquestioned consent for any and all medical procedures, counseling, or therapy provided to their children by any institution or organization. Number three, education reform. We believe that parents should have the right to choose where their children are educated and should have the choice to direct their tax dollars to the educational institution of their choice. Number four, sanctity of life. I believe that life begins at conception. There is one one race, excuse me, there is one race and we are all created in the image of God. As a result, we will passionately embrace all measures to reduce and restrict abortion, uh, which is the killing of a child of the creator. Until this shame is permanently and forever abolished and this sin upon the land is washed from the consciousness of this, of the, of this nation. Continue to fight against the abortion and make sure that the abortions are illegal everywhere. 
Number five, religious freedom. We believe that the state has no right to limit, suspend, or prohibit the free exercise of religious services by executive order for any reason. And laws should be passed to restrain the overreach of government power to to violate the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. The First Amendment is a sacred and inalienable right and must be protected by the full power of law. Any violation is, by definition, illegal and immoral. Number six, traditional family. We believe in a creator who created two genders from conception, which are male and female. We believe that marriage is the union of one man to one woman, and that marriage is a holy covenant between two people before God. Okay? Not going to redefine marriage. Uh, Number seven, property rights. We believe that a primary responsibility of government is to enforce the laws of the land and to protect private property rights of North Carolina citizens against illegal search, seizure, and damage. Property rights are very, very important, and I believe in uh, abolishing the uh, property tax also, um, especially after you, uh, especially if we can't get it abolished for everyone, then get it abolished at least uh, after you pay off your property. Once you pay off your property, you should not owe any taxes. Uh, number eight. Pro-Second Amendment, we believe in a right of the people to keep and bear arms as promised to us in the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, and that government has no right to infringe upon this fundamental right of the people. Let's see, number nine. Okay, OSHA reform. We believe that the federal and state OSHA has no authority to mandate, discriminate, against or penalize any employer or employee for decisions made by employees about their own health. Number 10, legislative reform. We believe in the Tenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution that reserves all powers which are not explicitly delegated to the federal government, to the state, and to the people. We believe that legislators have a responsibility to protect liberty and freedom in their first and highest responsibility and to reform all legislation that violates the U.S. US and NC Constitution and illegally infringes on the rights of the people. Those are my 10 points and my 10 points of my platform that I'm going to be adopting there to my site there. And that's what I think the best 10 that I can come up with right now. I mean, of course, there's all many other issues, but that's the foundation right there of my campaign. So uh, I think that's what uh, I think I studied it, went over it, and I think that's the best I can. Uh, that I can put out there right now. If anybody thinks I should put anything different or change anything, by all means, I'm always open to listen to the people because that's what my job will be anyway, is to listen to the people. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think if I, you know, if I stand by those 10 points right there, I, I'll be doing a hell of a lot better than what the hell these people are doing in office. That's for damn sure. So, uh, anyway, okay. So, let's see. We got uh, word here. I got word here earlier about uh, a case down there in Florida. And also I got word here about something going on down in Florida with Catholic charities, uh, apparently housing illegal immigrants there. I want to find out about that. So this is the Catholic charities. I know it's late and it's in Florida, but we'll try to give them a call. What the heck? Why not? You know, we'll just put one on. I, I know how to handle this here. Let's give them a call. Find out what's going on here. All right. And uh see here. All right. You have reached the Administrative Office of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Miami. For Spanish, please press 2. To speak with someone in the HR department, please press 3. To speak with someone in our Accounts Payable Department, please press 
4. For a complete listing of our services, please visit www.ccadm.org. For financial emergency services in Dade County, press 5. For financial emergency services in Broward, press 6. For refugee services, press 7. For elderly services, press 8. For child development services, press 9. You know, I hope they don't play it again on me. Like I said, it's late. Hopefully you have reached me. the Administrative oh. of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Miami. For All Spanish, right. please press. I let them, uh, they usually you play it twice, and then they connect it. So well, I'm going to take that chance because I want to talk to this, this, this Catholic charity here. in our accounts payable department, please now press they're, they're apparently... For a There's um, of our illegals that are uh, coming in and uh, they're, out being, they're helping assist the uh, people coming in over the border. .org. For financial emergency services in Dade County, press 5. For financial emergency services in Broward, press 6. I don't have an option to For press refugee anything. services, I need to operate. press 7. For elderly services, press 8. For child development services, press nine. All right, I don't think they're going to pass me through. You have reached the administrative oh, office. No. All right. Catholic okay. Well, of the we'll do that again later. Miami. Let's hang up on them. All right. I was. I want to get into. I want to get into that. I got a report that they're housing illegals. That and the sheriff, he put a big phony down there. He's talking about, you know, he's saying, you know, this is a conservative area, conservative town. So the Catholic Church is in on destroying the sovereignty of the United States and 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 helping house these illegal immigrants. And they're giving them uh, food stamp cards. They're giving them uh, the, all kinds of vouchers, uh, housing. Uh, and if you remember correctly, a few months ago, what did I do? I called one of the hotels that was kicking veterans, removing veterans out of the hotels that had vouchers to stay there for 30 days, homeless veterans that needed housing to get back on their feet. They were taking the veterans and kicking them out and putting illegals in there. How about that, folks? How about that one? If that doesn't piss you off, if that doesn't piss you off, I don't know what will. I mean, that is disgusting. That is terrible. That is filthy, rotten, that is America, that is, that is treason, contempt of Constitution all day long. I can't, I mean, I just can't, I mean, when I, I didn't believe it until I called and verified it live on this podcast. So, I mean, we've done a lot of things over the, over the, uh, the years here on this podcast. Remember when I called the uh, uh, Long, uh, what was it, Long Valley, California, was it, Health Department, <laughs> about the COVID? <laughs> and the guy openly admitted it was a scam. <laughs> he didn't know I was calling from Block Talk, Block Talk Radio. Oh, you guys got to go check that one out. That one's on YouTube. So that one's that's a good one right there. The master scam, the digital ID cards was a scam. Oh, we got that guy on there for 45 minutes talking. <laughs> but these, this is the crap, though, man, that these people are pulling on us, you know, and, and the COVID scam. But um, anyway. This this guy down there in Florida. This uh, I'm gonna play this YouTube video. Somebody brought this story up, and this is pathetic. What happened? Um, this story is sad. It's really sad. He can't get to. I mean, I don't know the full scope of the story. I just heard it on the last podcast show. But I am calling 
upon Florida. I am calling upon personally Florida militia to get involved here. If this is all verifiable, this story, if this is true, and I'm pretty sure it is, I'm going to uh, play this YouTube. It's only eight minutes long. I'm going to play this, and uh, it's a sad story, but it should piss you off what, what has happened to this man and his family. Hang on.
attack the post-traumatic stress disorder. I've never seen it, but now I'm getting used to it, so I'm going to live with it for a long time. We get home. We're sitting at the table. Doctor gave Matthew some medicine, so he's calmed down, and he's going to fall asleep. We're sitting around the kitchen table, and I go to Carol. We learned there was a fight in the locker room, and we said, I said to Carol, I said, that boy hit him awful hard in that locker room, awful darn hard. Well, Greg speaks up and says, Dad, it didn't start in the locker room. It started in the bus. I'm four days into this. I don't have law enforcement or anybody in the school board or any lawyer contacting me telling me even about it. I jumped back down. I talked to Lieutenant Benton. I talked to Peter Strutt. I'm bouncing back and forth. You can only imagine how hot a parent is. Okay? On the eighth day, I walked by my hallway. The boy's in the corner, crying, falling apart. The wife holds him. She says, meet me around back. I said, okay. I go around back. We find out the assailant walked into the clinic at Sebring Middle School the long way around the building with 90 yards beating him, and he went numb. Okay? He went numb, so he didn't feel nothing anymore. Now, that is what I found out in the first few days, okay? Why didn't anybody at the school board or contact me eight, nine days into this? By the 14th day, I'm getting a letter from the school board telling me they're going to throw me in jail and my wife for truancy. I have a doctor, on the other hand, telling me that if that boy gets hit again, he's not going to be nothing but putty in the corner. I have to pull them out. I don't even know what's going on. I have Greg in sixth grade, and I have the other two little boys who are going to follow through Cracker Trail in that. I want answers. My child was beat by the time frame, two hours and 47 minutes. He did receive two strokes. Not one teacher did anything, not the janitor, not the dog catcher, or any student stopped that assailant. The assailant was so violent, he was thrown out of every Christian school in this county, and as public schools got to do, you guys got to take about anything they bring in the door. Um, I went ahead and I went to legislation out of my own pocket. I wanted to find answers. Not one newspaper, Island Today, the News Sun, or the Journal down in Lake Placid would cover my crusade up there to find out what happened to my son. The book will go more into that, okay? I'm going to be placing some ads on Cohan Radio. And they're going to run them for my seminars at Woody. I'm going to be there on the 2nd, 1st and 2nd, and the 8th and 9th. And I'm starting to accumulate some more churches who want to see me. But we've got to do something about this growing bullying problem. And um, I actually know more where we had our own suicides in this county in 2008. But we'll go into that in my seminars. But I am going to teach the parents a little bit how to file some letters and they'll look out for the shenanigans that are going to be played on the way. My child will never be the same. Just to make it quick, many years later, after five years of suicide watch, I was getting too far away from my wife and me. I went up to Shan's, and the lady was typing about the first incident, the second incident. She slowed down, but when she got to the third incident, she quit typing. And she told me I'd never get out of the problem I'm in. The magnitude hit me then. If somebody would have came from the school board or from the advocacy center or champion of children, would have came in the first 24 to 48 hours 
it is proven that we could have fixed his post-traumatic stress disorder and he could have moved on with this good life. The community has a problem, but so does the country. But again, my book's available on Kindle, and I'll be at the area when you'll see. But thank you. It's uh, absolutely disgusting. That's disgusting. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't stand a bully. And, uh, you know, if that's, uh, you know, and nothing, now now this guy, though, he's going through more hell with his property. I mean, it's just, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, he, he can't get to his own house because some developer, I guess, wants to buy his property and they're blocking him from his, uh, landlocking his home. Uh, there's more details on that, I guess. From, uh, anybody want to call in? 657-383-0616. Press the number one if you want to comment. Uh, but where's Tave tonight, too? Tave, uh, I know we, we were supposed to talk to her also about some situations that you're going through. Uh, I don't know if you want to, you know, I would like to get a little more logistics of it, of what's, what's going on with your, your problem. Um, you know, so I can probably do some research tonight. I think you said you had to go to a hearing tomorrow, actually. So. Uh, I don't know where Tave is, so um, I don't see his number on the call board here. i got about six or seven numbers on here, but I don't, I don't see you anywhere, Tave. So, all right, well, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe work it out. <laughs> I don't know. Where the heck are you, Tave? Um, anyway, uh, where's Sarge tonight? Where's the Sarge? <laughs> I don't even see – well, he could be one of these private numbers. i got three private numbers up here. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is sad. This is really sad here. And I got some other links here, too. I was sent some other stuff, too, so I want to – Check this out. Um, what uh, I mean, for a father to have to go through this, I mean, it's just it's really sad. Let me see here. This is uh, Bobby Bean here on a strong interview. Okay, full strong interview. Okay, let me see. Let's see what this one is. That's oh, that's the eight minute one. Okay, we already watched that one. Oh God, these commercials. All right, hang on. There's another one here with the wife too. So let's see if I can get that one up here. Um. I got so many damn windows open here on my email. Oh, come on. My computer's messing up now. All right, let's see here. Let me check out this one here. All right. Always Bullying incident. 
and we will never be the same, okay? Um, at the end, you guys read the book, Family Goals. Very common in these situations, but I, I did not know that at the time. But let me take it from the top. One day, we're sitting at the house, and like a lot of parents, we get the kids ready, and we took them down to the bus stop. And I almost, within seconds, almost didn't make the bus. And you'll see why later that followed. Yeah. Well, about an hour into school, phone rings. And uh, Carol picks up the phone, and the school said, um, Matthew got hurt. Locker room. This is an hour after you put him on the bus. Yes, ma'am. Okay. This is an hour after I put him on the bus. And they said Matthew was forcing around in the locker room. And he got hurt. And I didn't think much of it. They said his Matthew's an overachiever, and we said we're um, under. So he's an overachiever. He's not going to skip out of school for any excuse. About 10 minutes later, the phone rings again. The Matthew don't look so good. So I look at Carol and I said, I'm running the printing press. We had a home business. And I said, I'll go ahead and watch Hunter in the crib. And I'm running the press. You go down and see what's going on with Matthew. He grabs the number three boy and takes off. We have four boys. Um, the next thing I hear was at that time, Carol comes back up. It takes a little while. Uh, she went to the school. Yeah, she went, she went to the school. She picked him up. He was in a fetus position, she told me. And all he kept saying was these words, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. Won't get off the bus. Then they had two teachers actually carried him to the car and put him inside the car. Now, not knowing this, just to throw this out there, that once they put him in your car, He's your responsibility. That, of course, I don't know this at the time. And to keep in mind, I, I don't know anything yet. So Carol pulls up in the drives past the hospital, drives them home, takes about 20 minutes. As they pull up on this hill coming up to our house, we've got a big plate glass window. I'm looking out the window, sipping some coffee, and all I could see was Matthew's eyes rolled in the back of his head, and I could see him vomiting. He wasn't conscious. I run out, ripped the car open. He wasn't in this world. I tried to get a response by rolling my knuckles in his chest. I've been around this situation. No response. He's losing consciousness. Going in and out. Yeah, so um, I snatched Carol out of the car, the number three boy, off the hospital. We hauled the hospital. As I get to the hospital, I pick Matthew up, and then he just collapsed. I pick him up in my arms, and I'm actually running into the hospital. And before I got to the first doors that opened up automatically, he melted in my arms like overcooked macaroni. Probably when he had his first stroke. As I, the next doors I kicked in, the nurse came over, and she says to me, runs up with a 10-source light, puts it in his eyes, he says, he's been like this for hours. What took you so long? I don't know anything. I just look at her as much as I know, and I'm here. So she said he's been like this for hours because it takes hours to get that way? Yes, a uh, profession like he had. Okay. It, it, it takes time for, so what he did, he started barely hemorrhaging in his brain and it was swelling. Okay. 
Um, he was losing his motor skills. Had no sight, could talk, were speak. But when I came in and put the light on him, then he said, go to bed A. So it was right there, they pulled it back. He started losing more consciousness. So what they said is, at first we didn't know if he was on drugs or not. And I said, I don't know. You know, as a parent, I like to think not. Right. I had to start running tests. They came back with no drugs in the system. I was trying to keep him conscious. They kept saying keep him conscious. Well, during this time, he's staying in now, and they're putting things on him, EKGs, and giving him shots. And I'm holding him in my arms, and um, he just drops on the, on the just totally collapses again, melts in my arms. So I'm holding him in my arms. It gave me a lot of drive later on for 22 minutes. And I actually said to myself in my head, I'm contemplating if you're going to live or die, and i got to go home and tell Carol. Right. Because I don't know anything. And and I was trying to handle the situation pretty good. But um, the nurse did say to me that um, when I told him I happened at Seabring Middle School, she said, another one? And, you know, that was something that I actually highlighted to ask you about. Um, when she said another one, did you ever find out through grapevine or word of mouth exactly what she meant by that? Because it was clear that this is not the first incident of um, injurious harm coming to a student from Seabring Middle School. Oh, no, Seabring has a long, long history of racial violence, okay, in our area. Okay. It's, it's a rural area and they're pretty well stuck in the old place. I did find out the reason they carry out the car, I mean Matthew, was um, there was a wheelchair was already being used. Wow. I never could find out. It, I was in deep trouble getting in deeper at that time. There was a time when the officer came and we did find out it was a boy named Clem. And when I did say Clem to the resource officer, she rolled her eyes in it and then open her eyes, I think we rolled her eyes, and she said, I'm not surprised. Now, I still don't know anything. I'm very worried about Matthew. Right. So, at this time, the doctor comes up and says, we found a little spot on his brain, which barely bleeds, you know, bleeding, and we really don't have a head trauma unit here at the hospital, up to date one. So, they said, we're going to fly him out to Tampa General, Davis Island. So, they loaded him up, and they flew him out. At that time, I ran home, and I had to tell Carol how deep we're behind the baseball. And she really didn't know what was going on yet, so she took the number two boy, um, Greg, and I stayed home with the two babies. And she took off to Tampa, about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Okay. She gets there. At that time, time she gets there, it took her about three hours or so she hasn't been there. They did put Matthew on life support for a few hours. Uh, when she got there, we started stabilizing it. Okay. okay. We knew that we weren't going to lose him. We didn't know what we're up against. Right, what you, what you were going to come back to, what he was coming back to, or as. As. And this is when it gets deeper. They bring him back. At that time, we never even knew what post-traumatic stress disorder was, okay? I mean, I, I didn't. I am just had no education in the field. Well, he sees a yellow bus coming in the, 
in the Sebring. That's probably when he had his first post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, this is, this is after he's home? No, as we were coming back from the hospital a few days later. Okay, so he was in the hospital for how long? Uh, about three days. Okay. Then they, um, when they did release him, um, his vision lost a lot of his vision. They said it would return in time. Uh, the blows he took with a death, it was actually ended up being a death blow to the back of the neck and into the temple region. Um, they estimated he was hit in the head maybe as many as 30 to 40 times. Now, this 30 to 40 times, if I remember correctly, occurred over a two-hour period in three separate incidents. That's correct. He was beat on the bus, he was beat in the locker room, then the deposition showed it. The assailant walked up 90 yards, almost to this, the distance football field, the long way to the clinic, we found out. He took him around the back way, beating him all the way. He beat him to uh, Matthew wasn't known. I remember when Matt told me that. Then uh, we got bizarre on it. you got to keep in mind, people, nobody told me about any fight on the bus or the walk to the clinic. All I knew was about the incident in the locker room. I'm three, four days into this, and I don't know anything yet, like what I'm about to find out. So, the school did not inform you. No one on the bus informed you. The bus driver didn't inform the school. It was the only, the only incident you knew about was the locker room. Yes, ma'am, at that time. And this is how it, it catches up with them. So, Matthew has a post-traumatic stress attack in the, in the car. Just sweat. Basically went achy, some, you know, really panicky and uptight. We get him home. The doctor gives him some medicine for him, and we're like 72, almost four days into this. We're all shot out, nerve-wise. Right. We're just shot out. Well, that night we gave Matthew some medicine, but basically knocked him out. We sleep. And I'm sitting at the kitchen table, just like I'm sitting with you, and I'm talking to Carol, and I said. That boy hit him awful darn hard in the locker room. Then Grace speaks up, who's a sixth grader who's on the on the bus. My other son. This is your younger. My number two son. Okay. My number two son tells me that Dad, it didn't start in the locker room, it started on the bus. And I looked at him, so I called him over and we got the lowdown from Grace. You know what's going on here? Well, too late to do anything. Too late at night. The next morning. I'm at the sheriff's department, first thing. I'm at the school. I'm at the state attorney. And Sheriff Susan Ben, who was lieutenant at the time, charged with resource officers, told me they were going to get to the bottom of this. And, and I was an upset parent, so I wanted to push another battery charge on the boy. Right, because he already had the one for lockdown. Yes, he had the But he didn't have one for the bus or the walk from the lockdown to the clinic. That's correct. At that time, there was no charges on that. Then we come back home, and I was really just run around the state attorney's office, the sheriff's organization, and the education. Nobody could give me an answer on transportation. I was just being, I was getting stonewalled. So I come back home, and the weekend's coming up, and we're about, on the eighth day, I walk down the hallway. Something was wrong with Matthew, okay? He was just falling apart. I didn't know what it was. But there was something more than just a beat. So I was walking by the hallway, and Carol had uh, Matthew in the corner of his bedroom, and he was just shaking like a leaf. 
and and you scared him. So Carol says, Clem walks into the Clem quietly. What? He would go around back. We always talk around back and not around children. And then she told me Clem walked into the Clem's feet. Nobody's yet told me anything. We're over a week into this. So I get on the phone Monday, and I'm back down at the sheriff's department. Nobody wants to meet with me. Um, Steve Gumphrey was in charge of the school. He did tell me on the phone that he found out about the time I found out. Okay, now, these are the people, just so that I'm clear, these are the people that are over the lady at the hospital that basically said it doesn't surprise me to see Yeah, no, these, these are, these are um, assistant principals okay. and, and staff. The only names in the book were change people were my children okay. and, and the wife. Okay. okay, I did that for their own privacy, but right. everybody else is authentic in that book. Okay. I didn't, um, didn't hold back on nobody. Now, we didn't have anything... I wonder, nobody ever came out to help us. They, they just turned us off. And I kept wanting to find answers why masks is in this state, a mental state. And um, it got deeper and worse. Uh, one time I, I had to take Matthew all the way up to Shan's Hospital, up to Gainesville. And about how far is that for our listeners that I'm supporting? That would be a five-hour drive. Uh, we did suicide watch for five years then. It, it took us to all the family. Um, let me go back and say this. There's so much I, I didn't put in the book. It's been so long. But Matthew came out to me after Carol told me. And he was crying and just said, what did I do wrong? And I told Matthew, you need to do I gave my word I was going to get to the bottom. But at that point, now knowing 11 years later, my family was going to fall apart. We're not, not going to have done about it. We were melting down. Um, I had no training in this. Nobody was coming out to help us. Um, there was an election going on from the sheriff's department, and I've always believed, if you read my whole book, that if Susan Benton, this would have got out, she would have never been no, elected. No, she wouldn't have. I, I, I read your whole book, and I, I came to the same conclusion that strategically this incident could have ruined the careers of a lot of very influential and important people oh, had yes. it gotten out. Yes, ma'am. And, and, and me not, you know, I'm just being stubborn. I want to find an answer. And I'm worried about my number three and four son because they're going to start school. In that same school. Yeah, in the same school. I want an answer how this all fell apart. And all I would ever get an answer is things are off a little bit. We can retweak everything. You know. And, and I'm still having problems with Matthew. Anybody who deals with post-traumatic stress disorder would understand more. Right. And and when you get involved in a mental illness, it, it's horrible. Uh, and those are not the right words to use, how bad it is. I can only imagine. And, again, I've, I've read your book. And this, if this is just a snapshot of the things that your family went through, um, the fact that you're here is a testament to your strength because... I was reading the book, and several times I had to put it down. I had to put it down and just kind of decompress for a minute and come back to it. And I have so many questions because one of the main things 
is that I don't hear you saying at all is where the school was in this. I am a school official, and if the student gets hurt in my building, I'm going to the hospital. Well, I, I <laughs> you know, you're right. I wish you were aware with my son, okay, because they didn't do so good in the South, okay. I did find out it was, um, um, the excuse one teacher gave us was, um, rally was, he was somewhere in the locker room, but he can't remember. There was three teachers who were supposed to be in the locker room, but weren't on duty. Um, I found that out. We were so tied up in Matthew's situation and his needs. All right, let me stop it right there. Let me stop it right there real quick. I want to get into the other part here. See if I can stop it right here real quick. Okay, so so he goes in. Obviously, you know why you know what what happened. But what's going on today with him is now he's having he's being harassed by the county officials and uh, about his project. Yes, there's a they, there's a developer that they're they got him landlocked now, so he can't get to his property. Cut through the woods and, and, and that belonged to someone else to get to his his own house now. So imagine that now you live on a road, right? And say it's like maybe a cul-de-sac road or something, you know, a dead-end road, and they got it cordoned off where you can't get to your home. The the the, the uh, other owners, they block off, they even block off the road, and you can't get to your home. So how do you get to your house? And then you got the police there telling you, no, you can't, you can't, you know, you don't, you won't cut through other people's property. How do you get to your house? You got a helicopter? What are you gonna do? What would you do? Tell me something. What would you people do out there if you were put in that position? You know, I know people are, oh, no, no, I don't want to tell you know, Okay, sure. Just t- come on. Be honest. What would you do if, the, you know, if you got the police come, they tell you. Because, you know, most people today, when they get pulled over by the police, they piss on themselves. So I don't want to hear, you know, tough guy stuff. All right. All right. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I know people out there, there's other people who won't tolerate crap and they will stand up for their rights. But, you know, but majority just obviously don't today because it's clearly where our rights are being taken away every single day. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be allowing what's happening right now in this country, we the people. So, and we the people are in charge, okay? We are in charge. We're supposed to be in charge. We the people, okay? Biden, not anyone else, not your police departments, they work for us. They do, they do what we say. When we ask questions, they answer. Okay? That's how it's supposed to be. Not, well, the isms are begging for your rights, you know, you know, like you're scared to talk to them. No. No, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be in America. But today it is. And we see now, but we see what's happening is this bully syndrome, and that's why I'm saying all this stuff is because people are taking after the government, basically, Big Brother, and they're and they're and bullying is really really bad. You know, I mean, if you, I mean, bullying was really really bad. I mean, I guess you could say I don't know if it's gotten worse, but I know back, you know, years and years and years ago. When my dad was going to school, it was, you know, you had a lot of bullies in school, and, and they wouldn't do nothing about it either back then. And back then, the same thing. What? You had the authoritative government police. You respect police. Yeah. You know, you, you got to, you know, you know, you always respect authority. You know, Romans 13, you know. And, yet, you know, so that's it to the bullies. They're the boss. 
Nobody has no right to tell you what to do. Nobody has no right to order you around. You're a human being. You are a life. You're a soul. You have a right to do anything you want as long as you don't hurt no one else. You get to travel anywhere you go. You don't need papers to travel. You don't need permission from anybody. This is your this is your life, your time here on planet Earth. You live you have every right to pursue every dream you want to pursue. You want to go into a career of something of your choice that you feel you're going to be happy working at, you should have the right to do that. You should have the right to pursue that dream. As long as you work towards it, qualify, there's no reason. Not, oh, 22 years ago, oh, you stole a Hershey chocolate bar from the store, so you've got a record. Yeah, so now you're not allowed to own a gun. You know, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah, now you're, oh, you're not allowed to have a job like this. Oh, no, you've got a conviction on your record from 30 years ago. You're a blackball. You can't get that job. No, 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 no. And the slaves are just as bad. They're just as guilty for this, for allowing this to happen. He's a convicted felon. I don't want to hire him. You know, well, the same thing. No. You, listen, these guys who go to jail, and a lot of people should go to jail for the crimes that they commit. There's a lot of bad, bad, you know, people do bad things. You've got to be accountable for them. But once you do your time, that's it. You're done. Out. You're discharged. You're done. Not for the rest of your life. You've got something on your record. Your record. What's a record? Who's a record? What are you, God? You got a record of me? What are you doing with records of me? What are you doing? You got a file on me? What is this? What is this? They got a record of you. How do we allow this, people? Why do we allow this? We're okay with it. No. No, no, no. You know, just like traveling, you know, look, I don't want people out there driving a car that don't know how to drive. I don't want a 92-year-old woman who can't see that's blind driving a car. I don't want to smash it into me and my family. So, you know, but doesn't mean we have to have driver's license every single year. But, you know, certification, driver's certification, you know, you got to qualify. You know, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with making sure people qualify and you're trained to do something. That's not tyranny. I don't want some guy flying a jet but doesn't know how to fly it. You know, you've got to be qualified. you got some people out there that go to the extreme. I should be able to do whatever I want to do. No, no. Use common sense here. you got to use some common sense on this stuff. You know, some people don't have you know, enough sense to govern themselves either. But it doesn't mean that anyone else should have the authority over you, over how you live and how you think and where you should go. You have the right to go to and fro, how you so choose, whatever way you so choose, as long as you don't hurt no one else. You hurt someone else, then you have to be held accountable. We're a country of laws. Okay? The rule of law. That's what it means. You've got to be held accountable for your actions. When you hurt someone else, all this other stuff they got, you know, statue eight, nine, this, that's one million statues on the books. The average American... The average American commits three felonies, three felonies, three felonies a day. Do you believe that? Great. Dang, huh? Okay. All right. Here we go. We have a caller here. Here we go. Tape, finally. I was looking for you. Go ahead, Tape. Can you hear me, Tape? Yeah, yeah, I sent you a message. I didn't know. I thought, damn. I was like, I wonder if you went ahead and went on the radio or or on the show. I'm like, shit. I was calling I didn't. Think, I thought you yeah, were. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was doing that thing about that guy down there in Florida. I just played a little clip about yeah. that. You know, I just went on this whole spiel about that. You know, and 
And uh, now, what, what about fuck, your story? What is that about? Quick? I mean, well, oh, well, yeah, wait, that's, that's interesting. That fucking guy I mean, is a bully. That guy's in a jam. What the well, fuck? Well, yeah, now man? he is. Yeah, then the sheriffs so, are going after him. I mean, uh, the, the, I, I, I'm doing minute, research so, on him, you know? My first, first thing I said to myself when I heard that, when his neighbors, okay, so he's got a park so far away. What the fuck kind of neighbors does he have? Who the fuck wants to live by that kind of person? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm looking you know, into it. I want to see in detail what exactly is going on here. You know, I mean, I right. mean, I know Nathan told the story. Missing. I don't think he's going to lie about it. But I just, but I want to make sure I want to know before I start making phone calls and telling, getting people involved. Right. I want to make sure I know all the facts. Yeah, it's, you know? uh, I just don't think we're, we we there's something in there that's we're missing something. It's, it's a very very key factor. I think that would well, no, I've heard of eminent domain. I've heard of eminent domain, and I, yeah. you know, and I can understand, you know, and then counties, and look, they took a, they came after me here in North Carolina, so you know, I mean, we retaliated. So court, rogue courthouses harassing people—that's nothing new, you know. So I mean, in this case, well, this domain, guy was a wrestling star, right? Huh? When you get eminent, when eminent, when eminent domain steps into play with the your county or city, whoever's going to do it. You just don't lose everything. What they do is they offer you fair market value. And if you don't take it, then your ass out. Then you will. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what's going on with your situation then? Well, what happened was my mom died in 2012 and my dad died in 2017. And I had a half-brother and a half-sister. My mom had a son from another guy. My dad had a daughter. Well, my dad's daughter, which lives in Las Vegas, didn't get along with my mom. And I only saw her probably six or seven times my entire life. And yep. she's 10 years older than me. I'm, I'm, she's 60, so I'm 50. And uh, so when my dad died, I've got my dad's will and my mom's will from 1998, where my mom was, when my dad was to die, you know, my mom would be the, uh, the person, the, his uh, executor, would get control of his uh, vitals and yep, whatnot. Yeah, it's DNR shit. And it's all from the uh, VA hospital. So the night my dad got sick, and he died the next morning. Um, when I called the ambulance, they came and they asked me for his DNR paperwork. And I said, really? I said, can we worry about that tomorrow, for fuck of all sakes? I mean, <laughs> yeah, get him to right. the hospital. Well, I just came to the hospital. I mean, Christ, that guy just fucking wanted him to die. But he, uh, the guy looked at his tablet and he said, you know, said, so-and-so, who's this? And I go, and I look at my dad, and his eyes got biggest saucers. My dad was a heavy drinker, man, a heavy drinker. Yeah. And he went out to Las Vegas where she lived, and my dad bought a uh, – Callaway Camaro from the Mecham auction, spent about 30 grand on the car, and he drove it home. Mind you, he's sick. He's got prostate cancer, leukemia, Agent Orange, uh, lung cancer, <laughs> wow. skin cancer. He's got every fucking cancer there is. It's like a, Sounds like he went out with a bang, though. <laughs> well, he, you know what? He stopped drinking for about six months, and I think that's what killed him. I don't God, He just drank beer all the time, but, boy, when he stopped drinking it, it fucked his system up, and it, it shocked his system is what happened. Yeah, and yeah. So he went out there, and she, she changed, had got him drunk, and tried to coax him into leaving that Camaro out there, number one, because she wanted the car. She's a greedy, fucking money-hungry uh, bitch. That's what I'm going I'm to call it that, and I'll be polite, and I'll believe it at that. But uh, when the, when the uh, uh, emergency guy, first responder told me, he goes, you know, that's your sister. I go, no, it's not my, my half-sister. I go, I don't, I don't acknowledge her. She hasn't come around. I call her for six months every day. For my dad, because I was my dad's caregiver, and I quit yeah, okay. my job. Okay, so you're the caretaker. Okay. Yeah, I was a caretaker. I quit my job 
All right, now listen, but hang on, hang on, time out. Did you have anything? Did you have his power of attorney? Yes, I did. But see, what happened was he went out to Las Vegas, and he found out when he went to the VA before he went that he had six months to live. So he didn't tell me and my brother. Now, me and my brother were 50 years old and ain't never been in a fist fight, and all we ever done is fight, and it was everybody else. Crazy. Super tight, super close. Well, when he went out there, she got him drunk and changed the fucking power of attorney. Oh. So when he came home, was he notarized? Was he notarized? Yes. Yes. Oh, all trust me. I went through hell and high water with this one. So she's got a kid. She's a, he's a problem kid. He's living out there. In the, he's a dope head. They call him the mole people. Well, he burned a house down out there. He came here. My dad had three rental properties. And my dad gave me one house and he told me that this was going to be my inheritance. And he did this 10 years ago. So I had a rental, somebody living in it, and I was written it out to them. And, you know, I maintained it for him. Well, after it's all said and done, my dad died. That house, the house I'm in now, actually got put into probate court, which we thought was going to be a transfer of death. Well, when that happens, it doesn't go to probate court. Well, because of the haggling, probate court took four years. And the judge that did it said it should have took six months. But my sister, half-sister, is a fucking scarecrow. Got the brains of a scarecrow. And after it's all said and done, the papers never came to my house here for property taxes, and because my dad made sure all his affairs were in order. His last year of his life, that's all he did. He was worried about paying his bills. He got everything paid. He had three houses, one sold for 300000 Uh The one I'm in now has been about 125 and the one across yeah. the street from his house he bought was our neighborhood rental was another one that was tied up. Well, they, they didn't pay any of the taxes on any of the properties, and my dad hired an mm-hmm. attorney to handle the estate. So I'm thinking – who was the attorney? It was somebody he, he hired, could have uh, handled the taxes. If he hired an attorney to handle the estate, then you're not responsible for the taxes. The attorney would have to handle that. Well, see, that's what happens with Ohio law where that changes because what they did was – Oh, I got 407 here and wants to jump in here too. But, but go ahead. Go, hang okay. on there, 407. The attorney embezzles money, and the taxes never get paid. Oh, he embezzles money. On my oh, day. great. So yeah, so now great. when I when I go get to take possession of this house in, in May of twenty one, I'm thinking I go down and I go to the and it's during COVID, so I had to wait, fucking go down there and all that stuff. So I finally get in down there, sign the paperwork, everything's done. Next thing I know, I get a fucking mail, a registered letter from a company in an Idaho or Oklahoma somewhere, and there's a lien on the fucking property now. And I'm like, what is this? And I open it up and I look at it. $7,000 in back property taxes because from the time my dad died to the uh, time I took possession of the house, the taxes weren't paid because, number one, it was in probate, and his attorney didn't handle her affairs. So I'm trying to figure out if all I right, sue this right. bitch. No, you know no, I mean? no, 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 no. If the attorney – it doesn't matter if the attorney was embezzled money or not. It doesn't matter because if the attorney was hired to handle his affairs – and the attorney or, is the executor of the estate while that is going no, out of no, probate. No, no, that's not how it works. My dad named it. has to when be. I, I said we changed the power of attorney. The power of attorney went to his daughter, my sister. So what, once someone dies, hang on. Once power of attorney, hang on, Kate, hang on. Once power of attorney uh-huh. goes out the window when she, once your father dies, that power of attorney is null and void. Trust me. I know it for a fact. Okay, well, I know that for a fact. My half-sister, I had to go to court fucking ten times over because my half-sister was the executor of the estate. Okay, she got appointed executor by who? Him. 
the same time she, mm-hmm. he, she was out there and uh, signed the paperwork and the change over the power of attorney, he signed that paperwork, too, for the executor of the state. All right, I'm confused here. All right, we're going to have to talk after the show because I'm confused. Because I'm going to real okay. quick, I'm going to connect yeah, this yeah, card, yeah. but hang on. I just so want to make anyway, a comment yeah, real quick. Hang on. Just... Go ahead. Go ahead. What I'm trying to tell you is this. When someone dies, right, and it goes to probate, right, that means all the power of attorney right. stuff goes. That means probate's now handling it. Probate's handling it. Now, if there was an attorney involved, that attorney's yeah, supposed to be hand, uh, super, working with the court and probate, handling it until the judge makes a decision of who's going to be the executor of the estate. Okay, because the judge because right. well, the judge has to appoint the executor. Who's going to be the executor? Unless someone steps no, up and says, "I want the executor," and no one else can use it. You know. Not, not, not All right, in I'll Ohio, look up Ohio. Okay. All right, let me connect yeah, 407 here. Go ahead, 407. Hang on, Tate. We'll talk. Don't worry. Go ahead, 407. All right, bud. Hey, this is Nathan. Um, hey, Nathan. Listen. Hey, listen. On this guy, Bobby Bean, man, uh, you ever heard of a guy? I know you probably have. David Hoffman, he does documentaries. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know okay. who you're Yeah, yeah. He, I got a hold of him, and 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 I asked him if he could – you know, do you know, interview him and get do a documentary on his experience. And it was funny. He talked to him. I talked to Bobby. He talked to him and you know, he went through everything, gave him everything I gave you tonight, plus yep. more. And and uh and here's one thing, he never has to worry about being sued because everything in the book is the documented truth. You can't legally yeah. prove yeah. any point wrong. But anyway, this guy, David Hoffman, it was his wife that contacted me by email, and I called her up and talked to her. And she goes, well, you know, he, he this this isn't the kind of stuff he does, which is oh, really? nice. No, 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 no. This is the stuff he does. And uh, <laughs> I can send you some of the stuff he does. I'll send you one. I'll send you one. It's a 17-minute video. When you get a chance after the show, listen to it. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, and this is will. true habit. But, but, but this, this is what I'm saying. This guy, son, I, w- I wish – I've tried to find out how to get a hold of Mel Gibson because I thought maybe, and I don't know how – it's hard to get to these people. But I oh, would I like to see somebody hard, yeah. do a movie of this guy's show alive because this is like a yeah. Bruce Plusser type story, you know? And when well, you tell sad. it, man, it's people sad. think it's, you're making it up. I know. Yeah, I know. It's sad. It's a sad then, story. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Hey, terrible. hey, you know what well, you might this want to lady, try to, to get in touch with, Nate, is a guy named Pete Santilli. Santilli. Yeah, you've heard of him. He does that. a talk show and stuff. But he uh, he was big with the uh, uh, the Bundys. He, was, he talks about them all the time. And he was involved in that stuff down there. And he is a former Marine. He got his own show. But he's very, very involved in the rights and everything. Like, everything you're talking about with this guy, I mean, it, this poor guy just, there ain't no way to is live. Is this guy man. a veteran? God. Is this guy a U.S. veteran? Who, Bobby? Mr. No. Bean? No, no okay, he's not. He's not. He, he's just, uh, he was just a, a, a farmer, a young family. Moved out okay. in the country and wanted to be a farmer, and that was it. Yeah, you say Pete okay, Santilli? That's, cool. that's fine. Yeah, Pete Santilli. Pete, it's S-A-N-T-I-L-L-I, I believe it is. And you can find He's okay. probably on YouTube. 
Oh, I'm gonna make some calls. I just want to. I just want to like research. You know, I just want to check. I just want to know the story. Like, you know, t- you know what I mean, word for word. So when people ask me, I, I'm not stuttering. You know, I want to make sure I I talk very clearly because you know right. when you talk to these famous people, if you stutter at all or if you don't know what you're talking about, they'll just turn you off. They won't be interested. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They, they think you're lying well, to them. Yeah. I I'm gonna send you an email. I'm gonna uh, ask him if I can exchange your information with him, so you yeah, guys please, can get please, together yeah. and talk. But 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 yeah. I'm gonna tell you what, man. These people have really done some crazy mess. One of the things is in his book, and whenever they went to court, he he had a pissing contest. Back then, his there's a lawyer in town that was hitting on his wife, and he oh, confronted him. He confronted him, and and he's a part of all this drama, and and he he put this he put this thing where he confronted this guy in the book because uh, he he hit on his wife he propositioned his wife, yeah. and uh and and I guess this lawyer didn't like you know him this guy talking about stuff he's got his own family and stuff, and uh and yeah. and that when they were just recently in court over this land and this and he said he went ahead. And you know he stuck that stepped out off of a limb, but he he brought up this guy here doesn't need to be here. He because he 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 accosted my wife, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when she was young. Yeah, so he's getting and, it from and, all uh, angles then. So he's getting retaliated. He, he is. Says, he, I already I know how that and, works. And that's why I'm saying, man, if they found this guy, if they saw the buzzers swarming around his house, they would get they, these guys would get excited and think that God blessed them, and they'd run up there and yeah. clear him out and then. <laughs> And start doing whatever they're going to do with his property. Yeah, but there's yeah. a company called it's a it's a big nationwide company. Uh, um, What's the name uh, of it? It's, it's, uh, well, the the part down where he's at is Cap um, G G three Ranch G, LLC. Yes. L three LLC Highlands. The what part that he's at is Highlands, but it's some. Some kind of thing called Sunbiz, S-U-N-B-I-Z, is like the bigger comp- name over the whole. Well, company. I'm going to look. I'm gonna, well, the reason why I'm asking is I'm going to look up who, to, who. Yeah, I'm going to look up who owns the bond for that company. I'm going to just find out who their investors are. Believe me, I uh, research stuff. I'll look at who donates money, everything. Okay, you know? I'm going to send you something. I'm going to send you something on it, and so you'll know who they are. And uh, and they're right. they're nationwide, and they're they're out they're out all over. We're doing all kinds of different things, but farming, man, is one big issue for them. Yeah, one of them things where they just—they if they think they want something, they deserve it no matter what. That you just got to give it to them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know, I know. It, you know, I feel hey, bad when I hear stories you, like that. Here's another name for you, Nate. And I did this because I talked to a guy about the, uh, the TW800 flight that was shot down. And it didn't crash. It was shot down by a U.S. Navy vessel in over New over the New Harbor. Uh, hell, right there by New York, not in the harbor, but yeah, out, out in the ocean, right there. Yes. Well, they were doing exercises, there, and I had a buddy of mine who was in the military on ship. And then, as soon as that happened, they were all called to port in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. So something bad went down there, and it was all hidden because the FBI comes flying in and stuff. But his name is Stu Peters. He's a he's a big time. Uh, he's kind of like a Tucker Carlson, but not a he's not that big, of course. But Stu S T E W Peters, 
I don't know if it's Peters or Peterson. Oh. Peters, I think. Stu Peters. Well, I'm going to send, send that out. I'm going to send that video out to like all my, my all my platforms and everything. And somebody, they'll get, he'll get some people. He'll get some people to, to talk to him. And yeah. trust me, he'll get exposure. Yeah. I just want to know before I start calling the militia. Cause I want to make sure if this guy's going to get a. I mean, if he's in danger or if he can't get to his house and they're going to arrest him. I mean, that's crazy. That's got to be stopped. That's got to well, be shit. stopped right he's now. He's in danger. He's got to be in danger if he's got to walk that damn far through the woods and the snakes and everything else at his age and he's sick. What the hell fuck ever kind of yeah. danger is there? I can't believe his neighbor, yeah. man. That's, just, that's disheartening. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Here's, what I keep, here's what I keep, because I come from a biblical point of view. I ask him a question. You know, you know, if you know the Bible, you know this. Uh, uh, back with Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah, I ask him, with all the years he's been there, He's been there 28 years, okay, and there's never – I listen, when his son got killed in a motorcycle down in Fort Lauderdale, right, mm-hmm. I called this guy over in Lakeland who does uh, conferences for pastors, you know, and he's a pretty big deal, and I called him and I said, do you know any pastors in Sebring? And he gave me the name of this pastor, some chaplain in, in – I think he's a chaplain – in some part of the government, and I called him up, and I was asking him, could you go by and check on him, because I just talked to him, and he's really tore up, and he goes, well, you know, and he could wiggle it out, and I said, he goes, do you, you know, have you considered getting on the internet and going and finding churches and asking pastors, and I said, listen, this guy gave me, he networked it, your name to me, and I said, listen, yeah. back when I was a kid, this is what I told him, I said, back when I was a kid, uh, my brother Went to, uh, um, as a child, you know, a little kid, went out uh, to Missouri from North Carolina. And while he was out mm-hmm. there, he had his religious experience, got saved and baptized, and he came back. And the pastor had got a hold of a pastor at a church where we live, came by, talked to my dad about getting him in church, and the whole family got into church from that. I said, do you guys don't have a network of pastors that you can contact? And he goes, yeah, right. Well, well, you know, I, you know, you can get on the internet, and then he finally said, <laughs> "Okay, I'll, I'll get by there." But I said, I, "You know, I don't really know these pastors, and I don't know if they know him or what." I'm just, I'm asking you, because you were getting yeah. referred to me, and then, and then, uh, short while later, he had some other experience that was really tragic, and I called him up. And I asked him, did you ever get by? I knew he did. And did you ever get by? And he goes, well, you know, I'm just real busy. He goes, I think the problem is, you know, we're just too busy today. I said, well, <laughs> are, are you going to be able to get out there uh, and check on him? And I told him, you know, here, yeah, make sure here's my thinking. It, 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 you know, anytime a pastor would be received by anybody, even if they don't know him, just by showing up and introducing him as a pastor – you know, they would That's accept true. you because, you know, it's more of a professional thing. And uh, yeah. and he goes, well, uh, you know, I, 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 I'll see what I can do. And he never did anything. So I told yeah, Bobby, I said, Bobby, here's what I told Bobby. I said, Bobby, I told him about that thing with Abraham wrestling with God. Is, is If there's at least ten righteous people, will you not destroy Sodom? And and God said, okay, ten. If you can show me ten, I won't I won't rain down judgment. <laughs> and I said there wasn't ten people in that city. And I asked him, is there ten, at least ten righteous people in that city? Do you think it's possible? And uh, I called this guy up <laughs> no. again, and I asked him. I said, you know, do you think? And I said, I got a question. 
Do you think there's at least 10 righteous people in Sebring, Florida? And he goes, Nathan, I'm busy. I got to go. And he hung up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just thinking that I hope Bobby gets out of there before and his son yeah, know, right? and his family gets out of there before the fire and brimstone rains down. Because I'm telling you what, <laughs> to be in a town, even if you don't know somebody in your city and you heard it, you know, even if you're not a pastor, you would want to go by yeah, and, and introduce yourself and make yourself available if you got That's half true. a heart. And, and and this is one of them wow. little towns where you got people that just live the way they live and you got people at the top that they're in control and you don't you don't get in their way. And that's what it yeah, is. You're right. Like corruption, and, uh, man. You know, it's and, and it's what always a small group of again, people. Nate? What was huh? the name of his books again? What was the name of that book again? Shattered Dream Shattered Dreams, Broken Patriot. And yeah, if I got you go, email. I'll send it to you too. He, yeah, if you if you type it in, it comes up to Amazon, and there's a little description there, and they point out that the the uh, he gave up, he sold 20 acres of his land to fight this stuff in court, and he beat that, and then he went up to Lake, uh, Tallahassee and and he lobbied for this bill, and they said that it is the toughest anti-bullying law in the country, and it's like if you mm-hmm. got an issue, it just it, and, you know, but the thing is, is every time somebody, like, any of that stuff out in Texas, the stuff in Fort Lauderdale, yep. he calls me up just crying, man. This yeah. law would have yeah. stopped this. It would have yeah. intervened to the guy law? and got the guy. I tell you, if you, get, if you get, if you get, because he's behind it. <laughs> if you can get this guy on an interview. Uh, you well, put, it out, uh, put it out loud, a lot. Put, I mean, really put it out far because I'm telling I you what, I will. he will tear your heart out. Yeah, I might, I might want to get him, yeah, I want to get him on my now? podcast show. Not now. How old is he now, I'm going to schedule a show. I'm going to schedule a show for a schedule a show maybe like, a, like that, that. well, we'll see. I wonder if he'd come on tomorrow night because I'm Tuesday night. I'll get a I'll get a hold of him in the morning before I go to bed yeah, and, please, and please, forward, please. forward your information to him, and I, I will copy yeah, you on it so you got his, and you yeah. just follow up on Thank it. Thank you. And, and I'm telling you, man, I'm telling here. you. Okay. Well, listen, whenever, yeah. listen yeah. whenever he was doing inter- when he was doing interviews running for U.S. Senate, and yep. and I couldn't tell him at the time, but I'm like, you you ain't got what it takes. And he said he knew, but he just wanted to do something. He wanted to get in he a position where he could get. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, the thing is, is uh, when you get him on there and and he tells you where he's out now and where he what he's been going through. Uh, as a matter of yeah. fact, I don't know if you're into TikTok. I'm not, but he's got a thing. He's putting videos out on TikTok. And he just recently put one out on uh, TikTok, and he's calling on Ron DeSantis, and it's getting some pretty good uh, things. But oh, what I man. did is I All called right. I called I called the governor's office, and I got a hold of a lady, got her name, I told her about it, I told her about the videos you got, and 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 then yeah. I and then I I called her back with the video the the link for that TikTok thing where he's calling out. And uh, 
then he called this morning, yesterday morning, and he called me back, and he goes, she told me that he will, she will have my stuff on his desk today. And I said, okay. And I told her, I said, listen, uh, uh, what we need to do, what we need to do is get a hold of Trump and let Trump go down there and do a speech and start talking about how the people need better treatment than this lady. He's got, he's got, he's got the nerve, man. You know? Yeah, you're he's right. Got, you're right. Actually, Trump, I think Trump about got it. more think, nerve. Yeah. Trump got more nerve than a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, three one four. Who's three one four? Is this Bianchi? Yeah. How you doing, Joe and Nathan? What's going on? The other people. Hey, hey, you know, what's up? To this story. I listened to the story about the about the bully, and then you may mention about the power of attorney. <clears throat> course don't give a damn yeah. about that i'm gonna tell you because i knew a lady worked at chrysler for about 30 35 years and yep. had a pension owned some property she had a stroke okay she had two daughters that i knew so the daughters put her yep. in one of they what she done everything the daughters put her in one of those homes where they supposed to recovery you know yeah yeah and uh she kept seeing the mother and the mother wasn't getting better, so they wanted to take the mother out and take her someplace else. Well, Priscilla didn't want that. So Oh, no, because they want to keep sucking that money out of her, you know? Yeah, they collect all her pension and Social Security. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they kidnapped the mother. Well, yeah. So they kidnapped and took her up to Chicago and where she could be seen by another. Then the company, the facility filed a lawsuit, and they had to go to court, oh and, all that, and the judge mm-hmm. wanted to know, where you, what did you do with the mother? And No, they want to know and, what you did with the check. <laughs> well, yeah, you're they right. Know. And the court, assigned, the, the court assigned a trustee, and the trustee, see, while the mother was gone, they kept charging her, and they came up with some astronomical oh. bill. Then they filed another lawsuit, and the trustee was trying to sell her property in order to satisfy the lawsuit. So it's a bunch of bull oh, crap that goes on in this country. They, yeah, oh, yeah, they charge $15 for a Band-Aid, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Crazy, Pianchi. Well, I knew a guy who was well, in the hospital, and they could charge home. him for a Kotex. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> so anyway, I was you just know, listening I, to that, that story. Like, yeah, hey, bully. I, I made that pledge. I made that pledge. Hey, Pianchi, listen, I made that pledge to that guy that I would sponsor legislation to get rid of all these uh, nursing homes, you know, uh, you know, because they're cr- crying. They, all they do really is, is, is abuse the elderly, you know. I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's, just, it's a crime shame of the things that people go through that you never hear about news on report. You talk about that kid getting oh. bullied. That stuff going on all the time, all over the place. I know. So yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, no, anyway, that's sad. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Bianchi, for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. And and he's right, Nathan. Nathan, by talking about this story, that's good. He brought this up to my attention because you know what, Pianchi's right. It happens every single day. This stuff, and nobody pays attention. You know, nobody. Huh? nobody. You know, it, 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 think about back in COVID when COVID was going on. You know, you had fucking uh, what's his asshole name up there that that pricked it rain in New York City. They were pumping these poor oh, people into these yeah. uh, elderly homes. You know, Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was like a goddamn Nazi uh, uh, 
it's not a knife, not a scientist, but a a guard from the the Luffenwaffe or whatever the hell he would have been from. Yeah, you're determined to kill these old people. Yeah, Cuomo was was a psychopath. Fucking idiot. I, I, yeah. I right watch now, your language. Watch your language. Watch your language. Yeah. You know, I got people that listen to download yeah, the show. And they girl, and women, and, women and children around. Yeah, yeah. 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 one of the places. I'm gonna tell you right now. I was I was totally against it. My dad, my brother, of course, had more say because there's two of them and one of me. But my all my mom wanted to do. She said she wanted to go home and die on her porch, and she had dementia real bad. But she went into that place. You know, a hurt a home, a nursing home, basically. And they, they, they just don't – they're understaffed, number one, and each individual That's in that place sweet. doesn't get any attention. You know what I mean? There's nobody there unless you go yeah. in there and see them and visit them. They don't get attention. They're like basically walking well, just a imagine this. Listen, just imagine this. You live your whole life. You know, you're 75, 80 years old. You live your whole life. I mean, yeah. You live a good life, just say. You know, and, and you've got to end up there to spend your dying days. That's not right. You know, That's not right. You because, know? And I'm going to tell you right now. Today's society, with how bad these kids are, you know, my dad and mom always told me, you know, you're going to have to take care of me when I get old. And I always thought, yeah, you guys are never going to get old. You guys are never going to die. Yeah. Well, my, my mom told me, she goes, you come into this world in a diaper, you go out in this world in a diaper. And she wasn't lying. And I you know what? <laughs> I, these kids today right. won't do. They won't step up and take. And, and it's all about laziness and they're, and they're greedy. They, they don't want to take the time out to spend them. But then they want to they want to have that that pity party. They want to do the whole thing, you know. Oh, I can't believe my mom's gone. Yeah, we didn't know, care when she was here. Well, yeah, youth don't. That's care what burned me up. That. Well, the thing That's is, awesome. it doesn't matter who you are, what race you are, what what creed you yeah. are. When you're older and you lived a good life and you worked your whole life, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to rest and relax. You know, when you're old, when, right. you're, when you you're know that, you know, 85 years old, it, you know. It's the highest point of our politics with our president or whatever this guy is you want to call. Him. I call him Mr. Potato Head all the time, but yeah, it's sad to me because I I can see in him what my mom was starting to get through, or five minutes she knew where she was at. Next minute, she didn't know where she was at. And yeah, it's yeah. his family. It's his family that are actually holding on and keeping him in that position for the power. He should be taking hold yeah. of his wife and say, hey, let's shut this down. You know, we're on the backside of this going downhill. That, I know. Let's, do yeah. let's go home. <laughs> it's sickening. Well, it's like she probably you know, can't. There's important, powerful people around her, you know. I mean, <laughs> they're telling her what yeah. to do, so... <laughs> You want to end up like Mr. I mean, Kennedy? I mean, that, <laughs> you know hey, I mean? that poor guy, if that guy died, they'd probably prop him up in his chair and make him look like he was alive. So they could still keep going. <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, dealing with a dangerous the mentality in the White House. <laughs> you know, no, you just, don't do what you're said. People don't have any compassion. Well, this guy here, anyway, let me get back to this video. I want to play a little bit more of this video because I want to get this. Because i got a lot of people that download this my, my show in the mornings and listen on their way to work. And... This is a subject oh, okay. I think it relate to. So I'll play some more of this video here. This is a, 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 so those of you guys tuned in, I've got a few new callers here that tuned in on the line. Bobby Bean, uh, it's a full interview from Orlando, Florida. Uh, it's a good story, powerful story, so please pay attention. All right, here we go. Come up with and she took the deal in on the block lane. And when I told him about the 90-yard walk he took, he stopped typing. He shut her case. He says, Mr. Dean, you got a very 
big problem. Enormous. And that's when I started taking in how big my problem was. And I wasn't going to get out of it no time soon. 11 years later, still not out of it. And, you know, well, feel free to ask a question. You're to guide me some because um, I can do it. I mean, I, I, I have so many, and I'm trying to, because I've read the book, I can I can flip through all day. But what, I, what I'm trying to figure out now is it's been 11 years, and at this point, the main question that I have, I know I saw towards the end that a 15-year-old kind of did say, okay, maybe I hit him too hard. But that's the only that I got, and that's not even real policy. Oh, no, there was no, um, uh, he has no regard to him. Even in the day, um, he's he got in trouble for violence. So, unfortunately, all the research shows that children that bully become adults who commit violent crimes. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, we found, what I found, that bullies go to you. We find them to go um, into the prison. We find a lot going to law enforcement. I mean, I had bumpheads with the biggest gun in Florida. The FDLE with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the Sheriff's Organization, and even the Federal Order of Police to try to get me himself an answer. That was, that was the other question I had for you, is that it seems as if every door that you try to enter to get justice for your family was slammed in your face. When we, and, and that the, the, the city that you're in, that their powers that be are so despotismed up, if that's the word. And, yes. and, it, and the, the system itself is so essential in the sense that everybody's related to everyone else, that it was hard for you now my question is, it's always easier to look back. Looking back, do you think that maybe if you had pursued some sort of federal intervention, maybe you would have gotten quicker results? No, at that time, I was totally just a father playing soccer and fishing. You know, I, I didn't have the education or the know-how what I was about to take on. I didn't realize how big the beast of the government was. You know, I'm not realizing I'm about to bump the system, and the taxpayers are paying that system to bump me back. And I, I didn't know what I was going to get into. I mean, because we're talking about the person that beat your son within an inch of his life being charged with a misdemeanor at five suspension, and you facing a year in jail for like how Yeah, he went over to a Baptist school, Christian 
um, Grace Academy, who helped us quite a bit through his difficult times. And um, we were able to, since Matthew was damaged, we were able to qualify for the McKay Scholarship, which um, helped a lot of just, you know, children who had disabilities. Um, Matthew had to wear corrected glasses for 36 months. And as I said in the book, that to give you an idea of how fluent Matthew was a reader, he read the Harry Potter book in three days. After the incident, he was stumbling over ten words. We had to retrain them all how to write. How to write. Write. How to read and write. Nobody came there to help. Okay. No school officials coming. Nobody at the children um, advocate centers. We did find out that Sheriff Benton was in charge of the reports from the sheriff's department to give to the advocate center for the children for them to come out and see us. And that was that. Those were some of the reports that were that were swapped because I know that the other. I know that you say that some other reports came up missing too until you finally got some heavy hitter intervention and then miraculously the reports came back up. They come back up, but I'm going to tell you that they get altered, and it's just not in Sebring. It's all through the United States at schools on incidents. What lawyers start thinking, ma'am? They knew that they were in trouble. I didn't look at it this way. I thought I was going to have this open gate of help to get this boy back to where he was. And you send your child to any public school at your home. There's no, once a child walks in the gate, all his civil rights does not happen. And I know that to be true. Once a child goes in the gate or gets in the bus, all civil rights are gone. What a teacher can do or a staff member to a child, you could not do at your house. And they can do it and get away with it. Now, can you elaborate on that? I I've seen reports from other mothers and fathers from children who were restrained. We've got black and blues on their arms, being tied down to the restraint seat, bruises around their necks. Restraint seats in public schools? Yeah, it's, it's seclusion and restraint. You know, when a child has a behavioral problem. Oh, the room. Okay. Okay, and they'll tie them down. And children, you get hurt. We had children would actually, um, one child um, was in one of those rooms and he hung himself in the door. Um, remember how they used a weak blanket? Mm. Children with autism. And one child was rolled up in the weak blanket without his head sticking out, and he smoked it then. Do we know if it was all at the same school? No. This, okay. This, no, this was not the same school, but it does, the restraints go on. Okay. I checked into it, but to the point I had to back away from some of this. Did it tear you up? Yeah. Just reading it, 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 it's a little hard for me. So I can only imagine what it what it is to you. And it seems like towards the end you were starting to get some answers. Now, the question that, is that, that I really want to ask is, because you still live in the state, correct? I, I do, and one of the, one of, only one of my other children do. Um, he lives on the other end. He does not use his name, his real name. And we see each other sometimes a week, but we never let anybody know we're related. I don't want no retaliation. He's a good boy. He's got a good wife and a good family. 
so we just leave it at that. Um, I would leave if I had it. Okay, you just answered my next question. That was going to be, because I can't imagine that it's easy for you to stay there. I can't imagine that it's easy for you to watch at the point where the beginning of what you described as the end of your family started. I, I can't imagine. No, um, it helps to go to therapy, so learn how to handle it. Okay. Uh, the, uh, that was one over thing I overlooked, and I'd like to tell anybody who ever gets to listen to the show. It wasn't just math who needed the counseling, the whole family needed it. And I didn't see it. Okay? okay. I, I'm not thinking of myself. You know, math, you got post traumatic stress disorder. Right. I got it when I was holding them in my arms. You know, you're praying to God that your child's going to live. Right. And you'll pray. You'll be done. And I, I should have got some help. Um, every child in the house should have got it. So, um, in the beginning, it was just him that got the therapy. There was never any family counseling? No, there was never no family counseling. And we paid all that therapy out of my own pocket. We didn't have insurance at the time. Okay. Um, I didn't expect to get, you know, I expected a broken finger or a broken arm to be going to play sports. Right. But I never thought this And I know I read, too, that there was a settlement, but it didn't even cover the medical costs. You guys were just ready to be done. Yeah. We, we were physically, emotionally at our threads. We're, we're done. We're toast. Um, Matthew got the money awarded to him. I never took a penny. Um, he couldn't even buy a car with it, basically. It was so low. Um, they dragged it out for seven years. Um, they deliberately dragged it to drag it. And it's, a, it's a tactic with your fools use to beat you down. They know what they're doing. You don't know that as a parent. Right. Um, we could have hung in there longer, but it was a point he was to be serving to the family, and uh, the nucleus of the family was already known. And I couldn't had a fake with it. And I was doing the town. And I know, too, when you were saying that they delayed, I, I do remember reading something about them holding up a settlement for a printing press, too, that oh. had nothing to do with this, but essentially because it was you. Yeah, well, this, you know, it, 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 when you read the book, it's fall into place. To make it quick is um, Glenn Electric's president is Jack Cox. The nepotism, as we call it. Code enforcement also came out. Let me finish the, the, the Transformers. Apparently there was a Transformers installed incorrectly. Nineteen homes got affected. Mine was one of them. They instantly paid for everybody's new air conditions and their losses with the two weeks. They got to mine, and I had to go to court with these people for about $50,000 with a premium of damage. And they made me go through each hoop. And at this time, I didn't realize Susan Benton's dad is the president. Well, I just wanted to stop you right there and interject because at that point, that piece is so important because that was what you did. Oh. That was your livelihood. You were a criminal. 
<laughs> no, it, it, uh, losing the equipment, I instantly lost half my customers. I did a typing and grading, which was kind of rare in the printing business, and I had to have the equipment. And if they would have did what they promised in the first 14 days, it would have made a big difference. It put a big, big financial burden on the family. It was another breaking of our back. Um, four years later, I got the exact amount of money I asked for. Um, Gary Lowry, his code enforcement, who's in the book, did one day under his, underneath his breath say how addicted to the business and her staff. And by me speaking out for an answer, I get blackballed. Right. And um, we actually had code enforcement, Gary Lowry, who Code enforcement with Susan Benton, um, granddaughter, and son for the last 45 years or so, I believe the book will tell you. They served me a paper that I could not run my print shop out of my drive. What I was doing for seven years prior, paying all my taxes. I did show it to a couple of senators in Florida, and they did get a little irate. And they did take it to Charlie Crick. But isn't he related to No, Charlie <laughs> <laughs> not yet, I, I hope not. <laughs> um, but um, Charlie Chris wouldn't do anything. I, um, I showed him the documented lies of the Attorney General's office um, to the sheriff. There was never any accountability. He did agree it was a documented lie I had. And the book will go more on how I use the Freedom Information Act to get these documents. And then I was lied to by the sheriff's department. And um, there was no accountability. Charlie Chris, um, six bodyguards came out, fairly big boys, got very close to me, told me to leave the lobby. And that's the only answer I ever got, got out of Charlie Chris. Um, he promised that if the bill didn't make it to his death, he'd sign it. But after it was all watered down and no accountability, he signed it up here. And it was years later we found out how the sheriff was a hand sanitizer. Yeah, $30,000 worth of hand sanitizer. That's well, we have a dirty organization, sure. But they have clean hands. Yes. Okay, I want to tell you that. Um, they got clean hands. Um, what I did find out, and I did not know, when you start asking accountability from the sheriff organization, the federal order police, the big gun for the box. Because the agency is the same. And that's exactly what I became. Um, most wanted list number one. Um, no communication. They, they did do nothing. Um, I recently found out about a sheriff in our county. <laughs> Excuse me. And I had it confirmed by other people. I went around and checked. Some with the Wings of Faith Church. Um, other people I bumped in by accident. For some reason, they, we got on the subject where the sheriff was actually released for stalking uh, a lady, and they dismissed him. Well, today, he's working over at Seabreen High School. Whoa. Now, I hope this makes it on your air, because I took this to the second strongest man in Florida, Mark Perez of Florida Department of Law Enforcement. I took it to Angel Taylor, an Orlando agent. I took it to the Advocacy Center in my area. I took it to Governor Chris Secretary, I mean, um, 
Governor Scott today, Secretary. I took it to the Attorney General's office. That was back in November of 12th, 9th. Nobody's ever contacted me yet. And when I, this officer has a history of high violence, and he's over at the ice. Wow. See, that's the good old, sorry, it's a good old boy network. Right. You know, they're going to, even if Bubba's a, a screw-up, they're going to find yeah, Bubba a job. They're going to take care of him. Now, I know before that, well, not before, I know in the book you were saying that you guys were newcomers to the room when you came, you weren't raised there, you weren't in, in that end. But before this incident, was that ever an issue? Like, how was your relationship in prior to this incident? Well, prior to that, we're actually living the American dream of I bought a piece of dirt, and I single-handedly, with the family's help, pretty well literally built my own house. Locked, laid everything, electrical. And we seem to be sitting in. Um, later on, we did find out that Carol is Italian, and uh, a lot of Italian was very Spanish and Cuban-oriented. And there was some small talk that she was in Cuban. Why is this? Boy with her, meaning me. So there was some, and, I, and me, I don't, I'm not getting caught up in it. I'm just doing my own thing. So it did become an issue. Uh, later on, many years later, somebody found out she was Italian and made all the difference. Oh, she's an Italian, not a Cuban. Later, but, but before the incident. No, this was many years after the incident. Oh, okay. You know, um, a lot of retaliation was on it. It just gave them a little bit more fuel to the fire. Because they thought she was. Yeah. Okay. There, there's a little racism going on there. So. Right. Um, what is is our number one problem in secret. I've talked to anybody in the culture, and it's still nobody's button back. One day there's going to be a very bad incident in secret. Now, how big is Seabring? Seabring right now is, is the winter months. We'll go about 100,000 to 110. Then we'll die down to about 75,000. And 35,000 of that is pretty much the old time, good old boys. You know, and they pretty well call all shots. Everything's called. Um, there's a lot of um, white supremacy acts. Um, you have to be there. They control it. They run it. Um, there's very few people of anything other than white in any type of high business area. Because I know you start off your book with saying that the train tracks and the, I believe the railroad are a signal for the African Americans to get home. Yeah, yeah. actually, the, the whistle is, which is actually was why it started that way, is when I was talking about you know, during the time of running back and forth to Matthew, out of the train or whatever place we were going, and the whistle blew. And it was just me and um, Lewis sitting there, and, and he's an old, old, old man, and with a somewhat of a southern draw, he says, you know, you know what that whistle for? I said, no, I said, it's an air whistle. It's curious. And he says, all the way it went back in the old days, and we're pointing to the track just a few feet away, he said, the track at 6.50 in the morning, the whistle blow. And the poor people 
on the east side of the track a color, race, with force. We're allowed to line up on the track. Then the whistle blew again at 7. You are allowed to enter the city of Seabrook. Okay? When the whistle blew again at noon, you are allowed to eat. When the whistle blew again at 5, the day at work was over, so you have to. But when the whistle blew at 9, and I'm being polite, you know, but I, I, you know, I would have said it different without the microphone. <laughs> Your butt don't belong on this side of the track, okay? At all. Later on, I'm, not, I'm on the outside of the track. I'm not with Lewis, okay? Yeah. And we got caught one night, and they beat him some, and they made him dance like a monkey, hang by a pickup truck, and that was the sheriff's department who did it to him. That's very belittling to any man or any human. And uh, we talked about it, and I told him my story. And uh, we stayed in touch until he died. Two years ago, he died. And the story he would tell me of the suppression, would it still there? I can go back to the quarters, and there's still people of color who still remember the old ways plan the way they walk, protested. Uh, they're scared. They, they know what I've done, and they're they, they're amazed. I'm still there. It sounds like it sounds it sounds like you definitely could have gone another way. And now that you've added that extra layer about the racism going on here, do you think that besides the exposing for what they were doing? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Those are the ones that were doing business with the school system on the side, but they let you pay them, gave you the advice, and then said, oh, by the way, we can't represent you in that case because this is we do business with the Well, they work for high-risk management. You're going to find out that they were in the same model. Uh, a little more digging. They go back to, like, the Florida Gator alumni. Um, Bill McCullough, Obama. Um, Bill did hold my documented lie in his hand. And he said, This is a documented lie. He's going to stretch Charlie Chris's office. That's who you got to get to do something. And I talked to Dane Eagle, he's the number one aide. And again, Charlie Chris can answer you in a circle. When you leave the room, you knew it no further than you did. Well, that's call politics. Yeah, it's all politics. And I wanted to. The mess never did get cleared up. I did take it to Commissioner Bailey. Uh, he would never meet with me. He did give me his other men, the files, the press, and um, he pretty well told me to be quiet. And I felt I was threatened by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement in the office. You know, they leaned on me. Well, I think that hearing your story, one of the things that people will be interested in doing is how is Matthew today? Okay, we're we're 10 years after it, almost 11 years. Matthew does have a chip on his shoulder of fever in Florida. He moved on to another state, and he studied finances. And we all try to stay away from the situation. Uh, he went on his own way in life. Once in a while, he dropped a phone call. He's still bitter about it. We never got justice. Um, uh, I've been divorced, and um, family, my family's all apart. And I have to say I have to take a certain amount of responsibility for that because I was hell-bent, heaven-bound for an answer. I did get Matthew an answer. Um, I told him I was going to get him an answer, and I did nothing. At the end, I wasted four years of my life of lobbying. I still... Um, I found out the bully bill was around for 33 years. Bring up the question, what took so long to get it by? Charlie Chris knew about it since like 1988. He was a director of education. He was in education. Attorney General. He was governor. He did nothing. Well, um, I think that reading your book has definitely opened my eyes a lot to what can happen. And I, I really do think that it's a read that anybody that has, has an interest change. in the subject or believes that bullying is wrong should read. How can they find your book? Well, the best way, any online, anybody online has it, okay, at Amazon. And eventually I'm going to put back a website where you can order it. But at this time, uh, Books a Million and Sebring will not carry my book. Okay, so in Sebring, you're not allowed to have um, Shattered Dreams, Broken Patriots. But Amazon. Okay, there we go. Well, well, I wanted to play that all out, you know, because I figured we'd get it all out there. All right, let's see who we got online here. Okay, let's see here. Oh, we got a few extra callers here, but nobody with their hand up. All right, well. Uh, Tabe, you still there? I think Tabe is still there. Nope, Tabe, I lost Tabe. Oh, wow. Uh, how about Nathan? You still there, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, I got Nathan. All right, yeah. Well, the show is going to be winding down here shortly, so anybody who wants to chip in, 657-383-0616, press the number one. Trust me, this won't be the last time you heard this story. 
Uh, we'll try to get the gentleman on the po- on the podcast. That'd be great. They might shut me off here. So Nathan, you want any last words here? Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Thank you for uh, spreading this thing out because uh, every time it goes in another direction, it goes in another direction. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely, man. Yeah, well, I look forward to get here. We get more information from you, and hopefully, I can make contact with this gentleman. And I'd like to get him on the podcast. Get him a full on for a full okay, hour I'll, and a half. You know, I will tell talk, the story again. I will you know? talk to him. Yeah, I usually touch base with him in the early in the morning before I go to bed, and he's getting up. Okay. So I'll mention you in the morning, and uh, I'll tell him to shoot you an email, and you shoot him an email, yes, and then we please. all switch phone numbers. Uh, I really, it, yes, I'm sir. telling you. Now, also, this lady, uh, Carolyn Strong, the way I found her, she, she, she's up in Chicago, and uh, she has, okay. a, like, a show like you, and, and yep. she, 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 she knows about bullying, and when she came down here, this was exactly up her, her neighborhood, you know. Uh, this is yeah. crazy. We are in a crazy world, man. I know, I know. How brutal man can be. I mean, the, the, the human race, how brutal. And, I mean, you know, look, man, I'm a, I could be a, a mean guy sometimes, too, or a smart ass, but I'll tell you what, I could never be mean to where I could beat somebody. I, mean, see, I always stick up for the underdog. You know, I like the underdogs. You know, that's how I am in life. But someone who's less fortunate, I like to fight for them, you know. So that's just how I am. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, stick Especially up for the weaker, whenever... I guess you could say. Especially whenever they've been put in a situation for it's hard to them, for them to fight. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's what they—that's what people in this world need. If everyone who was stronger, no matter what faults we have, because none of us are perfect, but anyone who's weaker, I mean, if we all the stronger always stuck up for the weaker, imagine how much better a place this world would be. You know. Well, it, it huh. is hard when you get people that believe. They get to get their way no matter what because yeah. you know I just they you know and it's 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 there's some of these people every one of these people are in churches they're you know that guy know. sitting in church every week up in that neighborhood where he's at and uh, you know I've I've uh, I've talked with a couple pastors in that area and it's like you know I gotta ask is there ten at least just 10 righteous people <laughs> right? yeah. because I mean, I listen, even if I don't like you, I can see you hurting and do, do something to help. Yeah. Even though I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not going to want to hang out with you, move in with you or anything. Yeah. I can just, but, <laughs> but you got to have a heart. You got to have a heart. Uh, uh, and when you don't have a heart, man, it's like you're dangerous. You just yeah. simply are dangerous yeah. to other humans. That's true. Yeah, and we crazy. got too much of that on this planet right now, you know? Too much. That's All right, brother. Well, thank you so much. I, I, look forward to, I look forward to talking more about this subject. And thank you. I look forward to you. And by all means, contact me anytime, okay? Okay, sir. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm going right. to keep hearing. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.